guess. Hello world, huh? <laughs> oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Light the candle! What? Well, I thought Poulter was number two in the world. <laughs> um. <laughs> Expect anything different? All possible, Garrett. Yes, it is, Frank. Yes, it is. And <laughs> <laughs> how about the rise smile on Tiger's face? Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the SRP episode 93. Dougie Gilmore, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Can you think of anyone else? Peter Nedved. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> of the SRP. Uh, we're here with the two biggest idiots in the world that picked Sam Burns to struggle last week at the Valspar. Um, you know what? I pride myself on some of my picks. I've done a really good job in the last two years uh, on the SRP, and I hope people uh, will not take that pick to struggle last week as an overall complexion of what I've delivered on this podcast as far as winners go. Um, we look like idiots, but before we get into the golf stuff, we talked a little bit of hockey, some positive reviews last week. And the NHL uh, trade deadline happened, parts. Oh, they sorry. Did. And I will say, I'm joined by Brett today only, calling <laughs> a giver on the shelf. Sorry, guys. Uh, Brett, first of all, how are you doing? Not bad. I'm like the seat filler at like the Grammys and stuff, but today I got to sit in two seats. So um, it may be a bit of a struggle. But no, things are good. I am supposed to be down south right now. That trip got postponed due to some COVID things. The person who's tested positive is feeling all right. So. We're good on that front, but still hoping to get down there in a few weeks' time. Oh, man. When you told me that plans changed a little bit, I was a little bit heartbroken, especially because you had plans to golf. Um, I've looked at the clubs every day since. <laughs> polished them up a little bit. Yeah. Clean those grooves They're up. ready to go. They're ready to go. Yeah, nice. So. And I will say right after this, I'm going to be hitting up the simulator. I think it's my third time this winter. Um, I've done. Uh, I've been working on a few things. been somewhat successful. Uh, as far as some of the swing changes go, but once again, that's hitting a ball into a screen. I don't take it uh, with a, I take it with a grain of salt, I should say. What's the plan today? Is it more of like a range session? Are you playing around? Oh, no, I'm playing one contest. Uh, yeah. So like the hole in one contests are only one we go with like eight to nine, eight to ten guys, I would say. Yeah. Um, Cash so, so is it keeps, flying around. Keeps everyone going. We play five dollars a shot. You're in a random teams of two, and I love if there's that. a if you miss the green, it's auto 50 feet, and then it's combined score. Whoever wins takes home the pot. And then once in a while, there might be, I don't know if there's ties if everyone misses the green. That's never happened. But for some reason, they are carryovers at, at times. And sometimes these pots get big. And uh, so I recommend if you're going to be going as a party, it's just so you pick every par three on the simulator and you, you whack away. And real cash, like cash in hand, no e-transfers. It's, no e-transfers. You're looking at the cash, you're holding the cash. Yeah, same with my buddy, yeah, me and my buddies bowling. We, when we bowl, we only bring $5 bills too. And there's, you know what? It's weird. It's always the same guys that don't bring cash. Like, listen, we've been doing this for six years. How do you not know to bring cash? I just don't yeah. get it. I, I, I understand. I don't always have cash on me, but if you know you're going to these events, yeah. go pick up a bunch of 20s. Yeah, or, and then, or yeah. whatever, whatever it is, but be ready. I know it's always the yeah. same guys, and and I would I'd be curious. It's just like the guys on the golf course. I'd be curious as to far how far the IOUs have taken them and how many they have not paid back in the long run. Because usually, like, or not usually, but sometimes bowling leads out to like a, a night out, and like things happen and people forget and just like it gets swept under the rug. And I think uh, that's not right. No, I totally agree. I, I try to do a good a good job of keeping track of, of my IOUs. Like uh, like Lloyd, 
keep a briefcase of them and um, just make sure yeah this one this one right here the lambo um yeah i don't like that i i don't like that feeling either when i owe people so i try to settle up right away ah man of your word uh and i mentioned quickly jumping right to jumping right to it because the big news we're hockey fans we're nhl fans the trade deadline happened and like it actually occurred to me I don't know if you remember this, but we were in a university together, one trade deadline, and I, I want to say we were at Isaac's that night, top three bars I've ever been to in Canada, by the way. What a time. Uh, remember when Jerome McGinley got traded? Like This is like probably a week before the deadline, but we were out, and he originally got traded to like Pittsburgh, I want to say. from Calgary. Originally from Calgary, right? Yeah, yeah. but... Like, so we got traded to Pittsburgh. I remember walking around telling all my friends I was there, like you guys and then the guys I played hockey with, that Jerome McGinley is a Pittsburgh Penguin. And we just, like, tied one on throughout the whole night. And I woke up in the morning, and he was on Boston. I'm like, oh, my God, was I that drunk last night? But there was something that happened with the transaction, and he ended up going to Boston going to instead, Boston. but we missed right. that part of the trade. Um, yeah. That's what, what we do at, at Canadian bars. We we talk about trades that happen in the NHL to focus on deadlines. We don't we don't worry about the finer details. We just worry about the guys getting moved. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. He's going somewhere in the east. It's Pittsburgh <laughs> or Boston or maybe Florida. I don't know, but I, I I faintly remember that. I do. I don't remember a lot of nights at that place on Thursdays. To your point, top three bar in Canada on campus bar. I bet. Oh, uh, the amount of drinks I've seen ordered at that bar. 40 the, ice outs at one time. Even the golf team went after it there. That's saying something. We did. We tried to break the stigma of the golf team being uh, a bunch of losers. That's when you'd go up to people. It's like, oh, yeah, I play golf. It's like, we have a golf team? Yeah, is that like a club? <laughs> no, no, it's, it's a team. A club. Do you club. Yeah, do you play against each other? No, other universities. Um, who do you think won on the trade deadline and who do you think lost? Just quickly. We don't have to go over this too long. Yeah, Florida won, I think. They got, what, Sherratt and Drew. Yeah. But they lost Ekblad to injury, which which is brutal. That guy's a stallion on the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the signing of Sherratt to kind of fill the void a little bit, but you can't get, get somebody who's going to replace Ekblad. Um, and then Pittsburgh getting, uh, was it Raquel from Anaheim? I think it's a good pickup. They're solid. They're solid every year. I don't know how. They just cycle guys in and out who score 25 when they've never scored more than five um so i think pittsburgh's looking pretty good pitt and florida yeah florida is the one that jumped out at me too but mini i i'm going to take as a little dark horse picking up a flower and net um that team is built to win and built to win right now so i'm going to like keep a real close eye on mini they are they have uh i'll admit something on this podcast that i don't like to admit too often to people but i'm a buffalo sabers fan so i'm had some dark times for like the last 12 years not against the Leafs, um, you haven't no we haven't and we've won a playoff series more recently than them if you can believe that Oof. um felino and delorier on that team are two guys come playoff time i think those are the type of players that you don't want to play against and this this nick delorier that they picked up at the deadline is like an underrated good move i think he was in anaheim before that he used to play for the sabers way back when He'll punch your face in, but he's also kind of got hands. Um, nasty guy. So watch out for them. I agree. I like the Wild. Yeah. I, um, and now moving on from a little bit of hockey, uh, you mentioned uh, your bracket and NCAA March Madness, which is like kind of – I have uh, the WGC Dell match play on in the background because today is Wednesday and we're recording as coverage is happening. So that's unique for us. Um, so I'll – 
if I stumble or I'm looking over, I get excited. You guys know exactly why. I'll keep you updated. Um, I also hope uh, Richard Bland beats Bryson DeChambeau today, and he is currently one down through seven. Um, but March Madness, uh, quickly, very quickly. What do you think of the tournament so far? I've watched a couple games, haven't followed it super close. Mayhem. Um, there's so much parity in college basketball now because of the transfer portal. Guys are staying for more than one year. Um, yeah, I, I, I like it. I like the chaos. My bracket busted very quickly, as everybody's does, but um, I had Kentucky to go to the Final Four. They were primed for a big run, and then St. Peter's, this little school out of New Jersey, said, not so fast. Um, and then they won their second round, so I'm cheering for them to win it. Now I want absolute chaos. I'd love to see those guys. The guy um, on their team who's just stroking threes, I've heard him called Dougie Dirt. Uh, he's just got like a mustache and kind of like a mullet. I saw the memes of him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. So, um, yeah, I enjoy it. I've, I sat last weekend and watched hours on hours of basketball and just such good games. Um, you had one seeds looking like they were going to get beat. Um, yeah, just good game after good game right now in, in college basketball. Anybody can beat anybody. Now, which is cool to see. Yeah. Now, this is a really popular opinion or a popular take, but why is college basketball just so much better to watch than the NBA? Yeah, I've been trying to figure that out. I'm a Raptors fan. I'll watch a few Raptors games, but I don't get up for them like I do when I'm like March Madness time. It's like I'll watch every minute of a game that I have no vested interest in. Yeah. And but I'll watch so it because it's just exciting. exciting. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they care more. Um, with this transfer portal, a lot of guys are like playing to get picked up by another team next year. Um, yeah. That's what a lot of guests, these guys on St. Peter's have said is like, I'm playing to like, I, I deserve to go to Kentucky. <laughs> it's like, no, we don't, <laughs> but they beat him. So kind yeah, of unfair maybe that. Playing, playing field when you're the bait, like one of the top recruiting schools and to have that recruiting budget seems a little bit weird but those games are so intense and you're right like i mean just the storylines that develop from them and then there's like no like mandatory rest from like all the superstars like i can't stand that about the nba nba oh. is one of the toughest watches for me yeah i agree that just like no effort like every night you see a, a highlight of a guy on defense who just like didn't turn around to get the rebound and it's like usually the superstars who have cashed in their 50 million dollars a year and are just like i couldn't be bothered to play defense but I'll, I'll shoot the ball yeah so like my like nba sucks stat of the year or like i heard it maybe last year is like james harden and i'm making this number up in my head but it was something ridiculous in like in the last 42 games he he scored a bucket that had an assist to it he went on a 40 or like whatever it was a game streak of that long without one of his buckets being assisted assisted right yeah oh yeah God. that's that's exhilarating eh <laughs> dribble it up shoot <laughs> dribble it yeah. up shoot and yeah, if you pass it you're it's... not getting it back and so you could just like do nothing yeah yeah that's an exciting game to watch eh that guy's not making and... cuts into the paint to try and get the ball let me tell you that and somehow hockey's not one of the top sports watched in the u.s right. and, and the u.s loves their their basketball uh, yeah, the basketball is global. Everyone loves yeah. it. Yeah, everybody loves it. Yeah, which is yeah, which is crazy to me. But let's move on from the the hockey basketball talk. Let's get into golf. We'll quickly, very quickly, go over the Valspar because, uh, like I said uh, to start off the show, uh, we kind of looked like fools last week. 
Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss, big time. But you know what? We try to make those bold predictions. We had reasons to back it. Sam Burns was, like, struggling a little bit, and he actually withdrew this week because he's injured. So, like, everything was lining up that he didn't play well. But, like, Valspar, it's a course where, like, when you play well there, you kind of have, a, if you have a history of playing well there, you kind of continue that form every time you come back. And yeah, and I, I did hear this in a few interviews. A number of PGA Tour players did say this is their floor, favorite Florida venue. So you're not alone in that opinion. It's a, it was. I'm not on an island. No, there. you're not. With that. Um, and and it could be for a number of reasons. Maybe because it's not such a big flagship event. Maybe more guys like that are deeper in the field are are able to get into the Valspar. But uh, what a golf course! One in the first like yeah. three days, it was like kind of playing easy. Playing easy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when the wind's down, a little bit softer. One didn't have that fire in the greens, and guys were attacking pins like uh, like it. They're making it look pretty easy. Uh, and at the end of the day. Sam Burns won in a playoff over Davis Riley. Um, Sam Burns, LSU guy, Davis Riley, um, Alabama guy, if I'm not mistaken. They're both... SEC rivalry. Yes, exactly. And they're both 25 years old. When I saw that, I was kind of taken back because Sam Burns feels like he's been on the PGA Tour for seven years now. Um, And Davis Riley's just kind of... That was his kind of coming out party. We all know he's really good. Um, Birdied 17 to force that playoff, technically. I know they weren't paired together. Um, once uh, Sam Burns bogeyed it. But at the end of the day, Sam Burns' par putts and that bogey putt on 17 uh, won him that golf tournament. All right, go ahead. That's what you need to do to win. Tur- every every week you look at the winner, their strokes gained putting is like five or six on the field, right? Um, and he just putted the ball. Look at the putt he made on the playoff, in the playoff to win. Like That's not a putt that you you expect to make during the tournament you're trying to leg that thing up there have a good two putt because that thing was like up the slope and kind of down and around a little bit i think it was a 33 Um, footer if i'm not mistaken yeah and maybe on the fringe a little bit i couldn't tell i did watch the playoff um but heck of a putt like to to walk it off that not walk it off that way i know riley had had a a look at it right after that but to put the pressure on him in the playoff after making that putt is it's pretty impressive, and and he, uh, he shoved it down our throats. I'm I'm guessing he listened to the pod that put a little fire in his belly, and he was like, "I need to prove these guys wrong. I'm on form, and I'm gonna prove it." And he did. He proved it. He proved it to us. Shoved it right in our hoop. Um, I, he did birdie. That that was the 16th hole. That was the second playoff hole. Um, one of the toughest holes in the golf course. So. Uh, he deserved to win it with a with a birdie on that one and just like an electric fist pump uh, with authority. Joel David yeah. sitting on the side of the green, who when we interviewed mentioned Sam Burns as the next up and coming star. So it was kind of a nice little full circle uh, win there to, for the SRP to see that one happening happen. happen. Uh, third career win for Sam Burns, second this year, uh, joining. Uh oh, <laughs> I didn't write this down. Scotty Scheffler, Cam Smith, Hideki Matsuyama. Has two-time winners this year in the wraparound schedule. Right, wraparound, yeah. Yeah, um, okay, nailed it. Um, I think that's it. I'm pretty sure that's it. And then he moves to second in the FedEx uh, Cup uh, rankings in the standings for the season long. Uh, and top 10 in the world. Oh, he did bump in the top 10. I know JT yeah. bumped down and he wasn't too happy about that. But the world yeah. golf rankings are a little weird it's to odd. me. Um, yeah. They need a little bit of tweaking. I get that Like when you play more events, it bumps other events out. But like, 
they're, it's just weird. They're so weighted on wins. And I get yeah. wins are important, but he's won, what, three times in, in a calendar year now or something? Just, yeah, yeah, just well, under 12 months. Yeah, it would be 12 uh, months exactly. 12 months exactly, yeah, to yeah. the Valspar, right? So um, I get that you can rock it up pretty quickly, but they they put such emphasis on those wins, and I get that they're rated and, and weighted based on tournaments. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty shocking that... that He's in the top 10 to me. He's a hell of a player. He's mm-hmm. top 10 world uh, talent, but it, it would just shock me to know that he's he's made it there already. I know he was like 17th or something going in, top 20 somewhere. Yeah, I think he was a little bit higher than 17th. Could be wrong. Um, if if Sam Burns is to win a major, what do you think, I, which I think he will, I don't think there's any doubting that, which major do you think suits him the best? I think the one we're going into, I think Augusta. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I. he doesn't strike me as an open player, like an open championship player. Um, I w- like, I'll say he's not as crafty, but what does that even mean? And maybe he is. Obviously, he's won three times on the tour, so um, he finds a way to win. But I just feel like that's just a totally different game. I don't know his open championship record. Um so yeah, Masters or PJ Championship to me. I don't. I don't know if he's a. He's not the straightest driver of the golf ball. So get in those U.S. Open Championships and um, get in some thick rough. And he doesn't have Paul Casey's forearms to get it out. So he, he's he, a big dude. He is he's a, a strong, strong dude. So strong the one guy. that stood out to me was the U.S. Open. Um, was yeah. yeah well, uh, just seems like that like Gary Woodland esque like a little bit of like a mix between power and then he still has that putter on the greens. And like, I mean, U.S. Open's about making those pars. And I saw enough on Sunday at the Valspar to say that like Sam Burns has the, has the gonads to, to muscle up for those putts and keep those rounds going. Because he really only birdied, in regulation, he only birdied the holes that were like everyone was birdying. Um, he just yeah. didn't make any bogeys because of that putter. Um, but what a win by him. Like, I, like we said, third of his career. Um, I mean, another guy to look out for as far as the young guns on the PGA Tour. Now, Davis so Riley, talent. you messaged me midweek and said you loved his move. His swing's majestic. Yeah. He's so smooth. I know it looked a little shaky on the front nine of, of Sunday, but he figured it out on 10 tee and was just striping the driver or hitting it good off the tee on the back nine. And then on 16 on the second playoff hole, um, he hit a, a nice like high fade down the middle and gave himself a good look to hit an iron into the green there so yeah i think this guy's going to be around there's just so much talent on the tour it's it's wild when you start to you know throw names out like davis riley but then you know you think of cam young and the players who have shown their worth this year so far and you know they're not just putting themselves in contention one time sahith the gala puts like backdoor top tens again like so much talent on the tour i think it's in such a good spot that I can't even begin to create a list of all these good players. But yeah, Davis Riley's swing, so pure, so good. And and really, that triple on the front nine cost him the tournament because outside of that one mistake, sorry, I turned my head there to see what was happening with Golf Channel. Um, that Outside that one mistake, he wins that tournament by three. And he got it like, he yeah. was just slapping it around on that hole. It looks like looks like me at Fort William Country Club. Um, <laughs> or St. Thomas. Or St. Thomas. That was only for the first three holes, though. I'm playing that again this summer. I'm going to document those three holes for you guys. Yeah, live stream it. You'll, you'll have 50,000 people I'm gonna watching redemp- your live stream. Redemption live stream, for sure. Um, 
let's move on from the Valspar. Great event. That one's kind of just the, the cap on the Florida swing. Is there one one thing that stands out to you on the Florida swing this year that, uh, that let's say, maybe one tournament or one player that stands out above the rest? I was going a different way with this before you kind of narrowed it on one, one tournament or one player. I was like, the, I never thought as the weather is such a factor on the Florida swing, but it, it was... It was wild this Florida swing with the wind at, at uh, Bay Hill and API. It can gust up. The weather at the players obviously was uh, an anomaly, um, and then the Valspar obviously played a little bit easier the first three days, and it wasn't necessarily a factor. Um, but you know, it was like eight nine degrees. That we're in Canada, so that's how we look at at the temperature. Um, it, at the players, and it's just interesting to see. I always think of that swing as like. You know, they're sweating buckets when they're playing. But uh, in terms of in terms of the tournaments and 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 a player, um, I think it's got to be Sam Burns coming out of it with another win. Um, I think it just shows that he this guy's for real. You win two times, you're for real. But um, he backs up a win. I said it last week, going back to back at, at a tournament, maybe one of the hardest things to do, um, and he did it. And you know that wasn't the only reason I picked him to struggle, but um, the fact that he went into that swing and got another win, I think, is pretty impressive, especially after not playing well in the players. So lots of storylines, but I think that one stands out for me. Probably recency bias too. Yeah, if if the start of the season is like a a nice warm up for the PGA Tour players, come the Florida swing, like they are just grinding. So if you like, if you're not confident in 100 percent of the things you're doing on the golf course, like you're gonna have a miserable time out there, and they're the missed cuts are going to add up really quick. Um, be, like, cause when you're striking it well in, in bad weather, golf's a lot more fun, but if you're missing the center of the club face and you don't have a hundred percent control over that golf ball and then the wind's starting to move it as well. Like, yeah, that, uh, that, that makes for a long four weeks for sure. If you, if you played in four, four events, but like the standout one to me, it's hard to ignore is just Cam Smith with the players. Um, players was a little bit goofy for me this year just because it was so biased on the one side of the draw. I hope we don't get that next year, but uh, but like just watching Cam Smith on Sunday with that putter is the one that stands out to me, and I think that's an easy answer too. Yeah, agreed. He's I like him too. I can't wait to see people running around country clubs around the world with mullets and mustaches, little like <laughs> fourteen year olds trying to be Cam Smith. <laughs> uh, yeah. Better than uh, bulking up and trying to gain speed like Bryson DeChambeau, who's, yeah. who's injured Hel- but playing this Healthier week. for them. Grow yeah, a mullet, exactly. not your muscles. Grow- <laughs> you ever see a guy with a mullet injured? I haven't. <laughs> no, it's like a strength. It's a sign <laughs> of strength growing out of the back of your skull. <laughs> uh, let's move on to a little bit of Masters talk because we're getting extremely close. I like to get super excited for this time of year. Um, and if it wasn't for the two feet of snow we received overnight, I'd be even more excited. Um, the, and the headline news, I think everyone's heard it by now, but since the first time since 1994, Phil Mickelson not playing the Masters. Um, to me, it was probably like a 60-40 he was going to play uh, based off uh, what's happened recently. Um, but kind of shocking that he hasn't, uh, hasn't played it. So he was added to the past champions not playing list. And just a little sprinkle on top is Tiger has not been added to that list yet. Both were a surprise to me. I didn't. Th- I thought Tiger might put in that. You know, I'm I'm not going to play um, pretty early just because 
we saw him at the what is it the PNC or whatever. Obviously, he was hitting it pretty well, but like Augusta is a you're climbing a mountain every day, basically uh, walking around that course. So I don't maybe the doors open where he said, you know what, I might feel good enough where I can you know for sure get around for for four rounds if I were to make the weekend. And I don't know. I I think it. It keeps it interesting for the golf world. I think everybody's still holding on to that hope. Everybody, like even people who aren't the biggest fans of, of Tiger. Um, so I hope he, I hope he plays. I think it'd be such a cool storyline. There's enough storylines going into it, but imagine add, adding Tiger to the mix. Um, and then I was, I was surprised to see Phil. To your point, I did think it was kind of 50-50, 60-40, whether he'd play or not. Um, but to officially see his name on the list of players, past champions, not competing. Um, yeah, I was, I was a bit surprised. I don't know what's going on there. Um, I, I, whenever I see this stuff, I'm like, I, I came around to like Phil, but we were just talking about the talent on the tour. Like the game doesn't need him anymore. So I don't, if he's trying to prove some point of like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay away from the tour for a while. And he wants to come back later, fine or whatever. I'll, you know, forgive and forget at some point. I'm, pe- I'm sure people will. But uh, there's, there's so many good things going on with the tour right now that the Masters doesn't need him. Oh yeah, so the game might not need him with the young talent, but like you don't think the Masters needs him as well? Because like when I think about Phil and uh, first weekend and first full week of April, I think of Augusta National. I think like if he didn't win the PGA, if you said pick a guy that like could come out of complete nowhere with no form, hasn't made a cut all year, I would say Phil Mickelson could contend at Augusta National. And I think he could have this year as well if he was playing. No matter what, when he drives down Magnolia Lane making selfie videos with about hitting bombs, he brings it. And he might miss the cut and shoot 10 over, or he might be right in contention come Sunday. It's tough to say. Yeah, and it, I'll stick with that. Like, I don't think it, it needs him, but I think he would help. I don't think he would hurt uh, the storylines or, or hurt the attraction, that's for sure, because he does bring it, and he could win. He could win any week, anywhere. He proved that last year at the PGA. Um, I saw a tweet today, though, uh, about his run at Augusta, and it, it said it's not as good as Tiger's, but it's close. So these are Phil's stats at, at Augusta. 26 of 29 cuts made, 15 top 10s, 11 top fives, three wins, and a scoring average of set just over 71. Those are some pretty good numbers. 11 top fives. He, yeah. He, so he likes Augusta. He plays, yeah. So, again, I think, I think the week's going to be awesome regardless, but he could have he helped. To your point, mm-hmm. I think he could have helped. Yeah. So, and just like moving quickly to the Tiger talk, I, I don't see him playing in it this week. Usually he pulls out the Friday, the week before. That's kind of what has been his traditional not playing uh, date has been for letting Augusta National know. Uh, I'm sure he lets them know maybe beforehand just so they can plan a little bit. But uh, but he his team said he's his goal is to come back for 2023. And at that time, he'll be 47 years old, and Jack Nicholas won it at 46 in 86. Um, so they said his primary goal is to become the oldest Masters champion of all time. So uh, just a nice little nugget of information for you Tiger fans out there. Yeah, I've learned to not doubt that man. So yeah. anything's possible with him. I do hope he just 
obviously they have a plan and I hope he comes back when he needs to come back and, and obviously doesn't, doesn't try to rush it or anything because um, golf is still better with Tiger Woods in a field. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, if that Phil Mickelson Tiger talk doesn't get you excited for Augusta National, there was a photo posted of the grandstands being erected. They are and back. They are back. And this is the first time since 2019 that there's been a full, full patrons at Augusta National, full capacity. Things are operating back to normal. And as shitty as the pandemic was, when things start opening back up, it feels that much better. It's like you have a new appreciation. Like if you were taking something for granted before, I feel like we, we built it back. Like you're not going to take that for granted anymore. And for me, a full Augusta National is something that I maybe took for granted in 2019. But now that I haven't had it for a couple of years, I'm pumped to have it back. I couldn't agree more. I didn't know that that was something I could get excited about. <laughs> the grandstands going up. But here I am looking at a tweet like this. Yeah. Saying <laughs> yeah. like, let's go. It's, uh, I agree. Yeah, I'm excited. The Masters is the best. Like, I just don't know how to, how to summarize it any further. It's just, it's so good. The lead up, the tournament. Oh, bring yeah. it on. And with those, uh, with the, that grandstand photo, there's a little bit of inkling online as to what holes they've adjusted, because Augusta keeps things under wraps and super tight. And usually, when you watch from year to year, you unless you know, you can't tell the differences between the course. But they make adjustments all the time. Like the two years ago, they moved five tee back. They felt like 250 yards. Like that's like pretty much a par five now. You can barely clear those bunkers on the left hand. Well, you can't clear the bunkers on the left hand side, and it's like. We've seen guys hit five woods, three woods in that hole now. And, yeah. uh, my, I think my, Bernard Longer hit driver, 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 wedge. <laughs> and still beat Bryson on Sunday. And still beat Bryson on Sunday. Um, <laughs> I was watching Bryson just putt there in the background. He looks like a boner. Like, he's just so straight, I forgot. I did not miss him in the fields. Did you, did, speak, sorry, just as you're on the Bryson thing, did you see the, the tweet that PJ Tour sent out of him chipping? And then in the video, he just, like, grabs himself and is like adjusting himself and it's like all the comments are like you know you can trim videos or like you couldn't have found a video of him like not touching himself and i like that pga tour just went with it just raw just coverage yeah. yeah like it's very obvious in the video too it's funny oh just a, and, man, just a guy doing his thing yeah Guys and another media dudes. thing that happened speaking of augusta is like uh, i saw in line that they pictured a, they had a picture of john rom in this like little masters player profile and it's like him falling through, but he's got a putter in his hand. So it was like an angry, <laughs> angry like an club an swing, angry club swing. And then someone commented it like it looks like Colin Montgomery because he's got the high finish. <laughs> they don't usually mess that stuff up, too. Usually everything about the Masters is perfect. And so, someone got let go the next day. Yeah, for Somebody's sure. Somebody's looking for a new job. I'm like that. That happened. Uh, some major course changes that we could look forward to or. Uh, that we can look for when coverage comes on is they hole number 11. Uh, this one's white, white dogwood, it's called. Already tough as it is. Like, I mean, extremely tough. They got the hazard by the, the, the green uh, to the left, and everything kind of slopes that way. The second shot's usually with a mid to long iron. Really tough to come into that green. If you hit it right, it's almost an impossible up and down. They move that tee back 15 yards and to the player's left which I'm assuming is just the left if you're looking from behind the tee-off box. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense to me. Yeah, it's kind of weird how they described it, but they also reconfigured that fairway. I don't know how they've done it yet, but they must. They moved some contouring and they maybe bent it a little bit different. Maybe they made it, the if you hit a really good drive, you can get to the end of the dog leg. 
It's like a mini, miniature dog leg, I'm assuming. Yep. And they took out trees on the right. Now, the reason why I think they moved the tee back 15 yards and to the left is so when you have that high right miss like we see Tiger hit every single year, yep. that you don't have a shoot to the green. Right. But now I'm a but little could, But they took trees out, right? Yeah, they yeah so a little maybe counter airflow. Yeah, airflow. Or like maybe a, a better walking path to the sitting behind 12 tee off box where the, all yeah. the, where everyone goes. But like it's a high I, traffic area. Yeah, I think they Walkway. were able to take out trees because greens will no longer be reaching that area. So they weren't required as like mini protection. Right. It probably did upset the the Masters in Augusta when you flare it way right like that and you have an you know, almost better angle and shot into the green than the guy who... No one was purposely going over there because mm. eight out of ten times you're blocked out and you're having to just chip out sideways. But yeah, the two times people are getting rewarded um that's a monster of a hole it was already like what 480 yeah i want to say it was 485 now it's got to be well over five and change probably um that's that one was alarming to me but i like that augusta keeps their like keeps their hard holes extremely hard and they make them harder like five was never an easy test and they just made it harder and 11 11. obviously it's a highest stroke average probably every year just made it harder so is it a par 69 to Bryson now or par 70 or what's his par now? <laughs> We're just ripping on Bryson today. I love it because he's back in the field. Um, still one up through eight for those heaping tabs. Um, but uh, another <laughs> par 69, that's that's hilarious that he said that and then played horrible. Shot 79. Um, another change they made to hole 15, and this is my favorite uh, named hole at Augusta National, Firethorn. Like it just sounds perfect. Uh, they moved this tee back 20 yards. Because in the, in the last, I feel like, five years, we've seen nine irons into this thing. We've seen everyone, you know, like people, guys that aren't even hitting, hitting good drives, not even in the short stuff, and they are still able to get iron to land on the green, and it's such a short iron that they're able to stop it. Augusta National had enough of that. Uh, they moved the tee back. You're going to have to hit a good drive to go forward in two, and that's the most, fam- that's the most famous third shot on a par five in golf history, trying to land that tight a uh, uh, downhill, tightly mown area to land it on a tabletop green with hazard short, trouble long. That's not an easy up and down from over there. Um, this is going to bring back that that down the stretch come Sunday. It's going to like really show the nerves off if you don't have your 100% of your confidence in your short game with that flip 60 to 80 yard wedge. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. I, I think that's such a, a good... Uh a good change to the course it's hard to say change the course at augusta just because everything's perfect but i agree watching those guys it, it was a par four for a lot of them um a tough par four uh but coming in with with low to mid irons um they, they can stop it on that green when you know the intention of when it was built obviously was you really got to think about it and uh, and you can't really come in with a three wood or a five wood back in the day or a long iron because of how narrow the green is, and then you're over the back, down into the water. Um, yeah, that'll be really interesting to see. Really, really interesting, especially in the mornings when it's kind of soft and, and dewy, and um, guys are now looking at you know maybe two sixty to the green as opposed to when it was you know two twenty downhill is like a seven iron for them probably right yeah. Yeah, and now you're you're adding twenty yards, and maybe the landing area isn't as forgiving either now. And yeah, and it yeah, doesn't land as downhill. Like there, yeah. there's a lot of factors. I'm going to have to see how the tournament plays, but those are things that are starting to circulate in my head. 
It's yeah. A, like we saw, was it Gene Sarazen that deuced it with a forward? Shot heard round around the world. I'm pretty sure that was Gene Sarazen. If I'm Gene wrong, Sarazen? please forgive me because that's really bad. I should have wrote that one down or looked it up. But I didn't know where our conversation was going to go. Um, and then before moving on from the Masters, actually, fun little Masters facts. Do you know when they trim the trees? They trim just like so. If the fairways like coming in, they'll trim. Uh, if the trees are on the right, they'll trim the right side of them. And if the trees are on the left, they'll trim the left side of them. So the trees like slowly grow in. If you notice they the shoot do on everything right, like they th- <laughs> you notice they the shoot on eighteens getting more narrow and narrow by the years go, and those limbs just keep getting longer, and the trees aren't getting bigger. So like they're just trimming one side of them, so it narrows in that uh, that shoot down eighteen t. I fall out of my chair watching Sunday at the Masters on eighteen because I'm like uh, picturing myself trying to hit that drive and how early I'd hit a tree. It's. It's not the most. It's not the most difficult hole, but it it may be one of the most difficult driving holes when everything's on the line. Right, you're at the Masters at Augusta, you're leading, and now you're looking down a hallway trying to hit your driver. I know it's a bit wider, especially down in the landing area, but I've seen guys clip man. those trees. Yeah, Jordan Spieth, Bryson DeChambeau, yeah. both yeah. clipped. Yeah, I love watching <laughs> the shot trackers of those. Yeah, so great. Um, Brooks Kepka, uh, he came out with a quote that said, uh, oh, I think every major suits me. I like the pressure. I think that's more about it, which is like, it, this is actually me reading the quote. That's what he said. More of what suits me than anything. <laughs> that's his quote. It's kind of like a little bit goofy, but Brooks Kepka doubling down on him being ready for major time. And he said that golf courses don't suit anyone, period. Um, Maybe bunker carrying off the tee is the only thing, but he doesn't think courses uh, suiting people exist. Do you have a thought on that? And then they mentioned Augusta National. He said maybe 12 and 13. Uh, those holes don't suit anyone, but if you're a lefty, you might get away with a little bit more. But, like, yeah, I'll let you run with that's that. A, that's an interesting take. Um, you could say that just because golf's so hard and nobody, nobody's perfected the game. So it's like, well you're always going to hit a squirrely one or blah, blah, blah. But, like, I would say a course that is, like, I like parkland courses that are tree-lined, that are narrow, because I hit a lot of fairways, I hit a lot of greens. But when I go to a bigger ballpark where the fairways are twice as big and there's another four, 3,000 yards added on to the scorecard, I'm I'm not as at an advantage against guys who maybe hit a, a little longer but don't necessarily know where it's going, but they can find a few fairways and, and work around the course in a way that, that they're able to that they wouldn't at a parkland course because they're chipping out every hole. You know what I mean? Like, I, I do think courses suit games. All these guys have different games. Like, they don't all have the same golf game, so I don't necessarily agree with that comment, but maybe looking at major championships and just saying, you need a top zero 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 point zero one percent skill in the world to win this tournament, and anybody who has that game could win. You know, I'm not competing against them, so like a sixty six hundred yard parkland course is not what they're not what they're playing. But yeah. it's an interesting take. Yeah, I, I've never heard anybody say that before. Yeah, and I would like Brooks Kepka to say this to Kevin Kisner, um, because I. I mean, I'm su- I'm really paraphrasing here, which I do a lot of the time on here, but these, these facts do come from somewhere. Um, Kevin Kisner on courses that play shorter than 7150 on the PGA Tour, I don't think he's maybe had one finish outside the top 10 in the last, like, 20 events. 
Yeah, and he says it going into the tournaments, like the PGA Championships, or if it's like a longer, longer venue, he's like, I can't win. He's like, I can't win this thing. He's like, I'm open for, you know, he's like, top 20 pays pretty damn well. Yeah, that and that's cool. what he's going for. That cool. It's uh, unbelievable. Uh, yeah. You leave it to kids to have always a good one-liner to right? cap off a top 20 finish. Uh, yeah. But like, I mean, th- there's guys that definitely courses suit their eye. Uh, they could be not informed at all. We talked about Phil even at Augusta. Well, I mean, I mean, you can roll through the list. Like, I mean, Sam Burns just went at the Valspar again at, in, uh, at Copperhead. Like, I mean, yeah, that course suits him for sure. It does. Like, there's no denying it. You don't think Firestone suited Tiger? You don't think Bay Hill suited Tiger? Like, right? Like, uh, there's a reason why he's won eight times at these at these venues. Like, I mean, it it's, it suits their eye. Tell that to Bubba Watson. Yeah. That guy. That guy talks himself out of tournaments on Wednesdays when he doesn't like the golf course. Yeah, and I think that's it too, right? It's like a comfortability plus having the game that suits that course. Yeah. It's yeah. having the finishes, but then also you have the game that suits the course. Yeah. First three holes at St. Thomas don't suit me. The rest, Not you. The rest seem, Other fi- seem to do pretty well on them. Yeah. Look, course, like, what's the course record? Take out the first three holes, next 15, um, yeah, watch I'm cl- out. I'm close, exactly. You're there. <laughs> I'm there. Um, before moving on, to, uh, to other facts or to other topics in the golf world. First of all, I'm going to quickly just read off some, uh, some uh, marquee groups here that just uh, in the WGC Dell match play because match play is so cool. Uh, Billy Horschel uh, kind of stomping on Min Woo Lee, three up through 15. Um, Scotty Scheffler surprisingly down to Ian Poulter, the Ryder Cup legend. He's one down through thir- 13, and just bear with me as I try and read through this. Um, Patrick Cantley also one down through 11. Um, something to keep your eye on for sure. Mackenzie Hughes, our boy, SRP alum two times. He's one up uh, through seven on Dustin Johnson. DJ. Yeah. Nice. That, that will be a huge win. Also, our boy, Corey Connors, SRP alum. Uh, he won because uh, uh, Paul Casey uh, conceded today. Yeah. I, I read back spasms for, for Paul Casey, but did you see that uh, maybe he – conceded during the second hole but i don't think so i think Corey made a deuce on the second hole which is a par four to win the hole i did not see that i didn't which uh, maybe lost in the shuffle with this wd by well wd from the match casey hasn't withdrawn from the tournament though just conceded this match yeah so he he may still play the next couple yeah i I saw he didn't wd um that's the beauty of match play right can't go any longer that day uh he's got a He's got a day of massages and rehab to get that back tuned up for tomorrow. Um, I'll just go quickly through who's won today already. We'll touch on the WGC um, towards the end of the podcast like we always do. But Jordan Spieth won today over Keegan Bradley. Kind of nice to see. Adam Scott beat Justin Rose. Uh, Justin Thomas lost 3-2 and two to Luke List. That's an eyebrow raiser for sure. Kevin Kisner yeah. continues to play well here. Uh, he's won here before. He won 4-3 and three over Mark Leishman. Mark Leishman's not really a guy I'd want to play in match play. Most surprising no. result of the day. Maverick McNeely. Do you know who he played today by any chance, Parts? I do, I do yeah. I am looking at result? it right now, but uh, I, I, I did some pretty deep research for our DraftKings, so I know the board pretty oh, well. But to, like, I mean, like what, what quadratic formula could you plug in to make a DraftKings ticket this week? Oh, my God. That took me hours. That, yeah. was, uh, that was stressful. But uh, Maverick McNeely uh, stomped on Joaquin Neiman, Joaquin the Dream. Eight and six. Woo. Eight and six. That is a good old-fashioned fa- beatdown. Exactly. 
Kevin Na, one guy I would not want to play in match play. He won one up over Russell Henley. That must have been a really good match. Victor Hovland beat Sepp Straka one up. Maybe a little bit more narrow than someone would think. I'm going to skip over a few here. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Xander beat uh, Kenyatta? Kenyatta? Takumi. Takumi I don't know Kanaya. To... Kanaya, thank you. Uh, three and Got two. Got it. Uh, Finau continues to struggle a little bit this mm -hmm. year. He lost mm -hmm. four and three to Lucas Herbert. Um, who also, Lucas Herbert can play. Yeah, where did he, he won um, in the wraparound, where, the place where Pendy was in contention. Yeah. Did he not win that tournament? Um, yeah, that was Bermuda, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Herbert won that. Abe Anser beat Bubba Watson, love to see it. Uh, Webb Simpson just won on 18 over Brian Harmon. I watched that. We'll get to the 18th hole to finish off a match play tournament. That is, uh, that is a really quirky hole. Uh, Morikawa, 2-1 over Robert McIntyre. And uh, Sergio, the match play legend, beating Jason Kograk, 4-3. So that's where we stand as far as the match play goes so far. Um, I know you guys are going to be listening to this probably tomorrow or this week sometime, but uh, it's always nice to get some first-round updates because then you'll hear us talk about the tournament after, and then you can call us idiots um, if we're wrong we about are. some players going for which we are. Well, that would be fair. Um, we never claim to be right. Um but it is nice to have a little bit of update. I wanted to talk about the players a little bit more, but we'll get that. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, parts. I apologize. Uh, I'm new at the intros here, and we didn't talk about a big conversation about an inv invitation you received in the mail. I did the electronic yeah. mail. And yeah. and usually, uh, like I know you're, I know you're super modest, and and you're not. You don't like talking about yourself too much. But I mean, and sometimes you got to do it. I do it on here, and I suck at golf sometimes. <laughs> I, well, sorry, I do it sometimes, and I always suck at golf. But let's uh, let's talk about that invitation you received in the mail. Tell tell the listeners a little bit about it, and uh, and you have uh, submitted your application, correct? I have, yeah, immediately. Mm -hmm. um, about a week ago, I got. I don't check my personal email very often. Let's just say that. Like I don't. I don't know. I just. I don't. I have a work email, so I just focus on that. But now I'm going to start checking it on a more regular basis. <laughs> Um, might be a letter from Augustine in, in there sometime. <laughs> there might, it's probably in the junk, <laughs> the way my filters are set up, um, with all those rejections I get for tickets that I've applied for. Oh. The ticket draw <laughs> happens every year. Better luck next year. Yeah, better luck next year. I've received that email about 10 years in a row right now. But I can't <laughs> wait to get them because I am for sure going. Yeah, I'm yeah. dropping everything. Exactly. But anyways, um, email came through. Didn't really recognize the sender after opening it. And seeing the attachment quickly came to realize what it was. I've, I've heard of this event. Uh, I never played. Um, but it was an invitation to the Amateur Invitational at the National in uh, just north of Toronto. So the course has been Snaps. talked about a, a few times um, on this podcast. Uh, a, a certain host has a really good record there from what I understand. Um, but yeah, I was, I was kind of shocked. I don't know how they got my email, but I don't ask questions when I get stuff like that. It, it, I, I quickly filled out the PDF and emailed it back and, uh, and they said, thanks for sending it in, you know, look forward to meeting you. So, um, it was, I think the first 54 response. Yeah. That Very makes sense exclusive. Yeah. But I, again, I don't know. I don't have a ton of details on the tournament. I've just kind of, I had heard of it. I, I know some people who had, who have played in it and have said, Oh, you should email them or, you know, maybe I can talk to somebody. Um, but 
you know, those are just conversations you have and you don't know if they're ever going to amount to anything. But this was a straight invite, a cold invite. I didn't, I didn't know it was coming. So I was, I was pretty excited. I would imagine it's based on the mid amateur results and some stuff that they probably saw there and they share contact information and whatever. But, um, I'm happy that they received my contact information. I accepted quickly. And on June 13th, I will be playing in, uh, in the event. So 36 holes one day, um, very formal dinner following formal dinner. Yeah. Jacket and, and maybe tie arrange um, a ride home. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm excited. I, yeah, I, uh, I've already been on the, the course website, done the whole flyovers. The research has begun. <laughs> let, let, let me just like, I, I didn't obviously we were messaging back and forth, but congratulations face to face now. Thank you. Um, super proud of you. That's a, that's an awesome invitation to get. Um, I'm excited for you as well. And for those listening, this guy can flat out play golf. And I hope uh, you get the hours to practice heading into that one because I would love for you to take home that title. It'd and, be and, pretty cool to say, yeah, just to, to be able to play there and play well. I think, you know, just being on the grounds there is going to be pretty cool. Um, I'd imagine they do everything right. Uh, you know, I've been to some pretty exclusive clubs, but I don't think I've been to a club like this, so... Um, but to play well too would be would be pretty cool. It'd be it cherry just on top. Cap the day. It. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. It would it'd be the cherry on top of what would be an awesome day. And for those listening uh, that have no idea what we're talking about, this is like uh, the equivalent for Canadian amateurs getting invited to Augusta National. Do you think that's a stretch to say? I I don't because like the average player just like won't won't play the national play. usually. Um, there's, yeah, it's just like a completely different vibe than any other golf club from what I hear out there. It's just, it's, it's a golfing club first. You go there to golf, play good golf. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, to be invited from the club to go there is, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, it's uh, Augusta National and nobody can see my hands because this is a podcast. <laughs> But they're touching, and it's like the national rate below. But no, I, if you go on their website, there's some PGA Tour players who have played it that said if a major were to be hosted here, it would be one of the hardest, harder majors and stuff. There's some cool comments on, on their website of, uh, I think, Lee Trevino's comments are on there. Um, there's one a the, few other. One of the best cameos in Happy Gilmore of all time. <laughs> just, the, just the disgusted head shape, <laughs> the top flight hat. Yeah, yeah. the best, but... But yeah, no, I, well, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the, the shout out parts and, uh, and you're a big reason my golf game has, has turned around because it wasn't that great going into university and then we met and it's been, it's been on the rise ever since. So Uh, I'm just connecting dots. I'm just connecting dots here. I kept things loose out there. Maybe that, maybe that was a strategy. (laughs) Um, okay. Moving on from that. We, uh, that, that's awesome. We'll, uh, we'll document your results. Uh, on this podcast for those listening in June uh, we're going to have an episode that will reflect on those and I'm going to try and make it down for a round I don't know if they'll even let me on the grounds but uh, we were talking about I might bring a seven iron and a golf ball not even not even watch a group just, just go around a group. play some of the holes that are out there there must yeah. be a few open holes if it's that exclusive see how fast you get chicken winged <laughs> off the golf course <laughs> yeah exactly uh, Jordan Spieth uh, there's a video that I think the PGA Tour put out and he's working on his new tempo and uh, takeaway 
Did you happen to see that or no? I don't think so. I've okay. seen a few of his old ones circulating where he's he's got that very interesting warm up and move and practice move going, but I don't know if I've seen the most recent one. Okay, still looks interesting. And the biggest thing that stood out to me is he's lifting his uh, left heel off the ground at the top of his uh, backswing. And it's like I don't know. I've heard I've heard pros use this term before. It's like squishing the grape. Like you squ- yep. you squish that heel against the ground, and that starts your transition. I think that's the best way I can word that for for those listening. Um, but he his footwork is looking more and more like Scotty Scheffler's. That foot is mo- he squishes the grape, and then it looks like he makes wine with the ground. Like he is like just turning his foot. It's coming off the ground. It's like twisting and pointing at the target. I know that's like kind of a trend with a lot of guys that are looking to gain maybe more speed and like maybe prevent a little bit of injury. Um, but it's a new move for Jordan Spieth and he adds to that repertoire of crazy things he has going on. With I was just going to say, he, he doesn't need to add anything to that list. You imagine the thought, <laughs> the thoughts going on in his head as he's standing over the ball right now, feet, hands, arms, no, but- towel. It's, it's like it's, me when I like bogey the first three holes and like, it's just, my mind is just everywhere. I don't even know what I'm focusing on anymore. But that's not going to happen tonight at the sim. No, it's not. Because you're going to have a few OVs. You're going to be feeling good, I'd imagine. And it's going to be loose. I don't think I want to have any beer at the sim tonight. But that's okay. Well, then you'll find other ways to (laughs) to loosen the body. Stretching. Stretching. That that sounds ridiculous. Um, But yeah, Jordan Speed's got a lot going on. Won his match today. And uh, we'll see how he does this week. But we'll get to to that very shortly. Because right now, I'm about to give you... The World Golf Championship, Dell Technology Open, sorry, not an open, match play, invite only, um, at Austin Country Club. Quick little course preview, par 71. It's been played here for about maybe five years now, I'm, I'm guessing on that one. Uh, 7,108 yards. Hello, Kevin Kisner. Hey, how are you? Hey, how yeah. are you? I wonder he likes this place. I wonder why he likes this place. Uh, this is an awesome match play golf course. Now, ever since they moved here, they were in the desert originally. Then they moved it to another venue for, I believe, one year. And then they went to Austin, been to that city, stayed a night in that city by mistake. What a cool city that is. And just you can kind of see a little bit from uh, just the golf course views. That one par five stands out with the iron bridge behind going over Lake Austin. Yeah. Uh, really cool vibe there. And in, uh, on last year's podcast, when we were previewing this tournament, I told a little bit more about Austin. But I won't get too deep into that. Um, coolest things, the features of this golf course is they have like those like kind of natural rock walls that like brace the land going into the valleys as creeks run through the golf course. So huge drop offs to the hazards. You can't even go, well, we've seen guys try and go down there to play shots, but, uh, when you're down there, you're pretty much, uh, you're pretty much in your pocket for the hole. But I mean, if you're down there in a drive, it's worth hitting your third shot because, uh, there's trouble around the greens here as well. And we've seen lots of things turn around. Um, on this golf course, which makes it a beautiful match play course. Uh, like I said, the course is beautiful. There's creeks running through. There's a waterfall behind one of the greens. Really cool finish with like kind of a shortish par three, shortish par four. There's also a drivable par four, which I'll get to. One big pet peeve of mine parts is a big ass driving range net in the middle of a golf course. Yeah. It's, and it's... from personal experience, that to me is like St. Catherine's Country Club. What a great venue, but it's got this, this uh, ugly, ugly, massive 100-foot net outlining three holes there. And it just looks it looks terrible. I, I know property is, 
is tight and they're trying to make golf courses have less of a, a footprint but driving ranges that are uh, netted off like that in the middle of a golf course tough look for me unfortunately especially on TC tv playing them too but like watching a tour event and then just seeing this net but no this course is awesome for match play like you just listed all the reasons for it being a great match play course i think they found the perfect spot for this for this yeah. uh this event so found a nice yeah. one uh, I also, like, I mean, with the, if we're talking about driving and range nets and course pet peeves, I hate when power lines run through a golf course, dude. <laughs> like, and it happens. Don't talk about our home club, Beachwood, that way. <laughs> well, I, I've seen it more places than Beachwood. I will say it's, that. It's the best noise, though, when it hits it. That, like, and yeah. then the ball just oh, disappears. Like, That's what it kind yeah. of sounds like. But when yeah. you lose the ball, it's just heartbreaking. It is, especially when you've hit a missile down the middle and it just crushes the line and it's just like you have to reload. Yeah, that's the and rule. You, for like you can't you, you don't have a choice, guys, unfortunately. Lots of people think they do. You do not have a choice when the ball hits a wire. Those are two pet peeves. Do you have any really big pet peeves on golf courses? Nice courses with like either a really small practice putting green, like not a proper practice, like something just like right beside the first tee and that's it. Like yeah. You're, you're talking no like an other... Old, like an old tee-off box, pretty much? Yeah. yeah. Turned into a, a practice screen. Not that I need, like, the best practice facility in the world, but, like, especially at tournaments, just give me a hole that I can putt to with not 15 other guys around it putting. And um, So that... But I would echo the net. The net at the driving range, either hitting into it um, or having it on the sides... There's nothing worse if, if someone even comes up to me and says, you got to stop hitting driver, you know your range is too short. Um, so, yeah, that's a bit of a, a pet peeve of mine, I, w I would say. But I don't have too many on the golf course. I'm, I'm pretty easygoing when it comes to, to judging clubs, having grown up at a, a course where I used to practice into a net. But those would yeah. be mine, I said. Small. I want to get a feel for the greens. If okay. I'm trunk slamming, i got to hit a few putts, and I don't want to be hitting off anybody's shins. So... Give me a hold of practice putt, too. Yeah, I'd like to say I'm not super picky, but I, at times I am, especially for golf courses such as this one. Like, I'm not picky with my home club. Like, you can, whatever. I, I, I'm not, uh, I, I like when there's water availability to drink water on the golf course, like water jugs. That's huge. Because uh, you got to stay hydrated out there, and, uh, yep. and the, the cart girl's not always around. No, water on the course is big. Yeah. Um, Okay, hole 11. This is the one with the waterfall. Super nice backdrop. Hole 12, this is the signature hole, I believe. The downhill par 5 where you see guys hit 400-yard drives. That's with the, the lake and the bridge in the background when you're watching coverage this week. That's a super exciting par 5 because the second shot, there's water all down the left. Mm -hmm. See some eagles there. See some doubles there. That's like what you want to see in a good par 5. Um, hole 13, this is the drivable par 4 over water. Today, it's playing 283. I think it's usually 315 if they tip it out. Um, but this is like, I mean, if you think about match play, every good golf course should have a really short par four or drivable par four, let's say, and the 283 can be accomplished by anyone in the field this week. Um, it's also really interesting if you go long and left, I've watched three shots, guys chipping and chip it into the water. It's so fast coming down there. Keegan Bradley did. Yeah. Uh, I think Jordan Spieth hitting the water off the tee. Keegan Bradley hit it greenside. And Keegan Bradley chipped it in the water, and they tied the hole. Heartbreaker, not for us because he's not our big, we're not his biggest fan, but heartbreaker for him. Yeah, like that. Uh, and, but that's the excitement of match play. You think Jordan Spieth's in his pocket, and like, look what, 
look what happened. And this golf course leads to that in a lot of areas here, but that green running from back to front with the water in the front is is silly quick. Like I said, I've watched three guys three guys do For it the today. Water. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sweet track. Uh, all around. JT almost putted in the water too when I was just watching coverage in the background there. That probably happened about half an hour ago. Um, 17, this is like an iconic par three, like the penultimate hole, just that like it, it's cut with a rock wall along the front and down the left, small green. I think it's like a mid iron to short iron. Like sometimes it plays like 145, 150, um, but they could tuck that pin in certain little cool areas. And I think this like determines a lot, a lot of outcomes in these matches. Is that the hole where Sergio walked off the playoff against whoever? They played it as, like, either in extra holes. Um, yeah, that, that is he, exactly on, the hole. Yeah. Yeah, nice memory. That was cool. Yeah, that, that was cool. That that's, was a, that's a hell of a way to win. Um, <laughs> and, if you, and if you lose, you just got to be like, nah, whatever. That yeah. happens. He dropped one on me. Who else? Uh, yeah. J- Jonathan Bird made an ace in a playoff to win a PGA Tour event, too. I remember that. Did he? Yeah. And I remember Jonathan DJ's Bird. shot that he, he eagled in the, on the 18th hole. I think he won by a couple, but just to finish off oh, a tournament. Oh, yeah, to finish shot. off. What tournament was that? Yeah, I remember that. Made it yeah. from the fairway. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was the first leg of the playoffs when he was could really be. informed there. But I, once again, I could be making that stuff up. Um, hole 18, super quirky par 4. Super undulating kind of fairway slopes all to the right you can hit driver you can hit seven iron off the tee uh the green and there's like a little valley before the green it's kind of like a tabletop green so if you're in the rough it's like a really tough shot that you see you guys struggle with um how do you feel about this par four to finish off match play i think it's awesome because you can do anything right as a player you can try to put the pressure on and hit driver but then that puts uh so many players in a position where they're if I remember correctly, the pins tucked over that trap over a bunker. Um, And like you said, the green's tabletop, so you can't necessarily see. So you're trying to hit like a flip wedge, maybe out of the rough to a tucked pin, which is really hard to do. Um, But then if you lay it back, you know, you're playing it as a more of a true par four. So you're not really looking to make birdie at that point. So yeah, I like this hole. That's one thing I've noted is from watching matches over the years that make it to 18 here. Um, you're, you're never out of this hole either um, because someone could hit a great drive, try to get a little cute uh, with the wedge, and then, you know, it comes back down, not to their feet, I think, but it travels quite a, quite a ways off the front of the green. So, yeah, cool hole. Really cool hole. And, and regardless if the player hits a good drive or not, it doesn't, really matter in the match play like we've seen so many times guys hit like uh less than driver off that first tee hit into the green hit it to like not even great 20 feet and the guy that's beside the green side can't get up and down or they can't get up and up and down so he ends up bogeying the guy that just two putts for the win but i mean so it's risk reward we see guys sometimes pop it on the front edge there that takes a really impressive drive and i think you have to get a little bit lucky with the bounce but uh, if it comes down to 18, just like flip a coin because uh, you never know how that one's going to finish. Um, and let's get quickly through our picks this week. We're not going to pick a, a struggle um, because the tournament's already started. And we could probably tell you who's going to be struggling. But my pick would have been Bryson DeChambeau, who weirdly said he's trying to prevent his injury because he might need surgery, yet he's playing this week. Kind of counter contradicting himself there. You know what I mean? That, yeah, especially with 
the the masters coming up it feels like a weird weird thing to roll the dice on for sure and uh, i mean when you're strength training like that and you're we talked about it at length here till till we're blue in the face bryson you're not making sense no but i think he hit his first tee shot into the massage tent or something to the right of number one maybe it wasn't a massage it looked there like there was a massage table in the tent but could have been mm-hmm. something else but he hit it way offline yeah. and then he hit the hosel on number two so good start oh yeah him at this i didn't tournament. see that yeah, yeah great start um yeah, yeah bryson i mean we'll, we'll figure him out one day maybe um but uh yeah he's fighting wrist and hip there's still those two injuries uh can't seem to be getting him back um but who you got as a winner this week parts we'll start with that we'll both say our winners we'll both do a sleeper who i haven't said yet but i'm going to look at who's winning matches right now and cheat a little bit um, but I'll tell you who I wouldn't like to play in match play. And then let's go yeah. with someone that's going to be successful this week that is either lost their match today or is losing their match currently. Okay. So let's right. go winner first. I, winner first. I did we need pick to redeem ourselves. We, we do. Holy man, that was embarrassing. I got yeah. a couple messages about that. My buddy Tyler, remember Tyler? Yeah. Oh, he's giving it to me today. Oh, man, I was shaking my head for like three straight days uh, after... Sam Burns made that putt. Yeah, let's uh, not like, make that happen again. He didn't win by three, though. He won by three last year. He took him a playoff this year. Yeah, someone would call that That's struggling. Strugg- yeah. yeah, someone would call that struggling. Um, I do. Uh, my winner this week, I flip back and forth between two guys who have had a ton of success here, and I think having success in this tournament, replicate you can replicate it because it's a certain type of game, and my winner is Kevin Kistner. Um, the guy just doesn't care who he's playing against. He's not afraid of anybody, and it's funny to say that on the on a golf course. But you know, a lot of the guys when they're pegging it, if they're playing a Brooks or a DJ or a JT or a Rom, you know, they may they may think a little bit more over the ball, or they may be that little extra nervous on the first few holes and already find themselves a few down. Where Kiz doesn't care. Like he, he he's a gamer. Um, I think he should always be a Ryder Cup pick, kind of like the Poulter of of. The, the U.S. and it's a weird comparison because I don't know if Kiz has been on the Ryder Cup. He's been on a President's Cup. He is not. Um, yeah. So I would pick this guy just because I would not want to play him in a match. Um, so I think he comes out of his group and, and ultimately comes out and wins the tournament. He's got um, I'm pretty sure he's got the my sleeper in his group though. Um, oh, did you pick, okay. Do you want me to get saying, into my sleeper? No, I do not. Um, I'm okay. trying to guess who it was though and Okay, if he's in the group, I can probably have a good idea. My winner yeah. this week is uh, Victor Hovland, and I'm going to totally redeem myself. Um, Victor Hovland, I actually looked up his uh, sand numbers because you mentioned it in two straight podcasts. He is clipping at a 35.29% success rate on getting up and down from the bunkers. Dreadful. Oh, that ranks him 209th on tour. How do you know they rank that many guys? I don't they, think they do. I think they just pulled the number out of a hat and said he's probably around here somewhere with all the guys who played the tour event this year that is just Flat. dreadful i know I, I there's a reason i had to bring it up parts like <laughs> like it, I, i'm watching these tournaments and he's nowhere near the pin with these bunker shots in a short game so i'm glad you looked it up because i love the guy i think he's good for the game of golf he's he's he has so much game i don't understand his face when he smiles his eyes his eyes disappear but he's he's hilarious um, but <laughs> he needs to figure something out. Okay, let's get to the positive on Victor Hovland yeah. because when I think of match play, I think about being consistent. I and like 
there is no player in the world that has been more consistent than Victor Hovland in like the last like three months. Um, in his last uh, eight events, two wins, five top tens, only one miscut that came at the the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Um, like I said, that consistency through a tournament, like where you're playing uh, five rounds of 18 holes, um, and really in match play, if you hit in the bunker, maybe you could just concede the hole and just move on so when he hits the next green, he's going to birdie it anyway. Like, it won't affect him as yeah, much as a stroke play tournament when you're in contention going back every time you hit in the bunker. Um, I mean, I don't think there's a course that doesn't suit him on the PGA Tour, but this one stands out to me as far as, like, those, like, mid-irons that like, are coming into the greens, and he's he's deadly accurate and long off the tee. That's one thing that really stood out to me when I watched... Uh-oh, what event did I watch when he was driving well? He didn't close it out on Sunday. Recently? Yeah, uh, it must have been, uh, must have API? been the, it must have been the API. Yeah, when he yeah exactly yeah. just drove it phenomenal, and in match play he can really discourage his opponents when he's hitting it that long and that straight. Puts a lot of pressure on. Uh, you have to remember in match play it's a lot different than stroke play as far as if you're the first one going into the green and you're, let's say you have two clubs longer than than your opponent. That definitely toys with your head a bit, a little bit. You might think you have to get a little bit more aggressive. You have to make maybe risks that you wouldn't take if you're just playing your own ball and hitting the middle of the greens because you think you need to birdie to stay in that match. So Victor Hovland, totally redeem yourself, Kari. I'm calling it right now. He only won one up against Sepp Strack. A little bit of a concern, but Sepp Strack can really play too. So he just grinded that one out. Um, he's going to be hoist, hoisting that uh, trophy on Sunday. Long, long week of golf, like I mentioned. I can't wait to watch a few of these days of this tournament. Yeah, that's a good pick. I like yeah. that pick. I yeah. like I like uh, pick. Okay, let's get and to your sleeper, and I'm actually I'm pulling a gibber here. I'm going to be picking on the fly, but I did make my DraftKings ticket, so I will use my DraftKings ticket. Um, sounds good. I don't. I hate to go back, um, but USAM champ too, so he has a history of winning uh, match play events. Um, Thank you. He won at Pebble yeah. Beach. Pebble Beach. Yep. Yeah, I remember watching that. I forget who he beat, but um, I was like, this guy's from Denmark. Um, <laughs> Going to Oak State, but uh, yeah. yeah, pretty cool to see that. But my sleeper, and you probably know who it is if you looked at that group, is Thomas Peters. Um, I think he kind of maybe takes the match play mentality to stroke play sometimes, or he just plays super aggressive um, and, and will make the odd high number. But I think a tournament like this suits him where he has so much game. We watched him at the Ryder Cup at Hazeltine. He was a star. Um, I think he's he's gained form again this year. Um, yeah, not a guy that I would want to play in match play. He uh, he can when he's on. He's he's shown that he can not only strike the ball well, but he can he can putt. He made so many putts in that Ryder Cup. So um, you play in a moment like that. These match play events, I don't think scare you at all because you've just played on the highest stage, and uh, and we're beating down the opponent on their own home soil. Um, so an event like this is, is something that I think he'll get up for, but won't be nervous to any degree and will want to beat whoever he's playing. Um, so and boy, do I have good news for you. They are not in the same group. Thomas Peters in group 12, uh, Kevin Kisner group six. Nice. Okay. Same so side of the bracket. Kids, same side of the bracket. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's funny that you mentioned that bracket because like, uh, I did have a sleeper. Um, I, I just didn't write it down, which is a huge miss by me, but, uh, mine is a guy that should be playing on every single U S Ryder cup team. And that's Billy Horschel. I've been, 
I've been vouching for him forever. And you talked everything you mentioned about Kisner, I think about Billy Horschel. This yeah. guy is just he is the most he's like the Sidney Crosby of grinding on the PGA tour. Um, he grinds out his wins. He never gives up. He plays feisty. Um, I think if you looked like across the tee off box to Billy Horschel, I don't think he would give you a smile at all. I think he's a nice guy, but I think he's all all business when it comes to playing golf, which I really like. He also gave me props twice at the Texas Valero Open, Valero Texas Did Open. He? My apologies. Oh yeah, I followed around for about nine holes. The galleries were pretty thin, cold day. Um, I said. Uh, on like hole three, he made a really nice par putt. I was just walking like to the next tee, and wasn't like fanboying too much or anything like that. I said, "Hey, good par save there." And then he said, "Thank you." And then like later in the round, I was still like walking, but he was like I was a little bit further away from him. I want to say it was like maybe on 16. He made another nice par putt, and I was just continuing to walk. He's like, "How about that par save?" I love <laughs> I'm that. Like, That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't. I don't like when players like act like the fans don't exist at all. You know what I mean? But also, I don't expect them to be, like, buddy-buddy with every fan. But, like, yeah, those are no. cool interactions. Yeah. I yeah, love, I love me, Billy Horschel. Made me a fan of Billy Horschel, uh, Florida Gator. I, I cheer for him. And I'm and to me, it's a no-brainer when it comes to match play. Like, look out for Billy Horschel every single time. Yeah. He's a gamer. That, like, that's who's in Thomas Peters' group. I was looking yes. at Horschel. And, yeah. Okay. And you know what? That triggered my memory because I was looking at my ticket as I was, like, trying to okay who did i pick here unfortunately i picked walking neiman to come out of his group holy smokes Gary. that's a tough look he's um, gonna totally redeem himself tomorrow for you yeah too. let's hope so now let's get to our pick that say lost today or is losing today that you think is going to come out of their their bracket because just so everyone knows okay. it's based off a point system you get one point for a uh, win half a point for a tie and zero points for a loss so if you lose your first match it is a huge uphill uphill grind over the next two days to try and come out of your bracket. And chances are you're going to have to try and do it in the playoff, like Sergio did. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, let's get to it. You can look at the leaderboard quick. I'd prefer not to cut it because I suck at editing. But uh, let's, uh, let's hear it. I think it. I got mine. Okay, let's hear it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with someone who's done. Um, I'm going to go with Louis Oosthuizen. Okay. Uh, he's in a group that I would consider, like, um, like at the World Cup when they do like the group of deaths, like just like stacked groups, but yeah. it's Louis Norin, Paul Casey, and and Connors. So if Casey can't play another match, he's gonna get a buy there. This I just thought about this too. I did this isn't why I pick Louis, but I feel like Louis is someone you just would never want to play. Um, he lost today to Alex Norin, who's been on really good form. So I'm not surprised that he lost to Norin, um, and I feel like that's just a ball striking group like such good ball strikers so it's who's just making putts and i feel like louis as much as i love Corey connors can take Corey down and he's going to get a win over casey maybe so maybe he's in a playoff with nor and um in a, in a couple days time so okay. yeah I, I like that and and i'm going to double down the easy answer would be justin thomas i mean i think everyone knows that but uh, i don't think he's too strong with a the, the, the flat stick and in match play it's uh, it's exaggerated how important that that flat iron is. I want to double down on Joaquin, the dream demon. I Love think he's it. going to take that win pretty personal today because that is uh, nothing against Ma Maverick McNeely, but that is an inferior player player beating up on one of the best players in the world. And I think that's going to be maybe a little bit of a wake-up call. Um, he's going to come prepared tomorrow and on Friday, come out of this group and make a good run. I would say a semifinalist in this tournament. 
that's a stretch. Um, but I think he uh, has the potential to do that, and I'm doubling down on uh, on Joaquin. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be who he plays next. I feel like he's going to come out firing. Um, he's going to have some anger and maybe harness it in a good way. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope it's uh, actually either Kevin Aw or Russell Henley. I hope he beats both both of them eight and six. Yeah, same because those are his next two matches. So yeah, beat them uh, eight and six, and you're laughing. Is there one player in the field that you just look at his name and you're like, oh man, I'd hate to play this guy in match play? Um, I two two come to mind. Um. The first is Billy Horschel, because I feel like the whole round he'd want to fight me, so I just feel like this very like uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. Like like physically he'd be looking at you like I'm gonna punch your face in. Um which I, I again, for him to say like, you know, how about that part saved you? Clearly he's a good dude. I think he, I've heard he's a good dude. Uh, but he just looks angry all the time and I wouldn't want to be around that energy. I don't know, I'm a f i am I feel like I'm a nice person. I, I can't I can't get like that. So I'd like make comments to him and he'd probably just like snarl at me like a dog. Um and then the second is uh is Kissner for the reason I feel like he just would never miss a fairway. And if you've played either match play or just like a tournament event against someone who is always finding the middle of the fairway off the tee you feel like you have to do something extra to to win that match like you're ne- the door is never open it's like you know if you're playing in a match and a guy sprays one right you're like okay doors open if i find the fairway i'm in the driver's seat but every single hole he would just hit that like low little i'm pretty sure he hits a bit of a, a bit of a draw um a tight draw 265 down the middle and you'd be like okay here we go again he's playing from the fairway um, which people might say about me. <laughs> so, um, people do say that about you, not Mike. So, <laughs> so th- that's, that's someone I feel like would be frustrating to, to play against, um, those two. Ooh, I have a third, what a I don't putt by take... Scotty Scheffler. He, uh, is he up now? He, he flipped up, that right? month. He flipped that match against Ian Poulter. Uh, Poulter was in for birdie as about a 15 footer on 16. And, uh, Scotty Scheffler just rolled it in to tie the hole to stay one up. Nice. Beautiful. I putt. want the I want the good players to go through. Yeah. So go and, Scotty. And just guys I wouldn't want to play with in match play. Scotty Scheffler after that beat yeah. down he put on Rom at the Ryder Cup. I mean, no thanks. Yeah. I wouldn't sign up for that. But like a guy that maybe not too many people think about being an unbelievable match play player that would frustrate the hell out of me, um, is Russell Henley. Just that really such a good ball striker. Yeah, and like I mean, he was one of the best putters in the world at one yeah. point too. Like he when he got on tour, it was because of his flat stick, not his ball striking. Yeah. Now his ball string right. is kind of ca- caught up, and like if he if he's one of those guys, if he gets hot with the putter, this like the the, the hole's like a bucket, and it'll yeah. just go in all the time. And another thing I wanted to mention, just so with the matches going on right now, can we all get behind? Uh, where is it here? Can we all get behind Cameron Young taking down Patrick Reed today? Did he group one? No, it's tied through six. It's oh, a, it's just okay. Off. They're going on right now. But like, let, yeah, yeah, I think I think everybody on planet Earth can get behind that. Yeah, let's get behind that. Maybe we'll like from the account we'll tweet a couple times at Cameron Young, uh, just to motivate him throughout the round and maybe give him a little. You'll see the sto- notification. Little story, yeah. yeah, a little story mention at the end of the round if he takes that one home. But let's cheer for him. Uh, like I said, that Captain America thing is long, long gone. And uh, I voice my opinion very strongly on this opinion as far as what makes a good captain. And, uh, like, sorry, I know it's like a, a Avengers theme name that they give him. But, like, the fact that they anyone thought he led the U.S. team, like, get out of here. 
That's not a yeah. meter. Touch um, grass. Yeah. Um, anything else from the WGC match play there, parts? No, I just love brackets in March. Give me a bracket in March and I'll fill it out. I don't care what it is. Basketball, golf, favorite restaurant. I'll, 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 I'll fill out the bracket 10 times over. I, uh, I, I saw a I bracket on Barstool, the most undesirable places to take a public deuce. Oh, yeah. Give me that bracket. I'll fill it out. <laughs> I, think festival, some... I think festival won in our group chat that we had going. Festival. Yeah, that, that's a tough bounce if you, if you got to clench the cheeks at a festival. Those, um, those bathrooms bar, are not treated well. Yeah, any bar. bar in St. Catharines, I know. I know someone who uh, who had to hold their foot up against the door <laughs> at at a little establishment called L Three. Oh, so, what a place! Yeah, I'd go to the back alley before I went into one of those one of those bathrooms. But yeah, you know what's cool about L Three? Their urinals had like the little soccer nets or hockey pucks that dangle yeah. and you shoot the puck in or the. The soccer ball when you pee. The soccer ball, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who's who's like, you know what? We need these. Whoever Genius. they should be promoted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those Fantastic. are awesome. Uh, one other guy as I was just watching coverage here, Patrick Cantley, playing against him in in match play. Oof. Yeah, that'd be scary. No, thank you. Okay, uh, before we wrap things up here, actually, you know what? I've been trying to do a better job of this, and uh, I I always seem to drop the ball. But I do have to mention a couple things people can follow as far as Bodog. Um, mm-hmm. This is, uh, of course, I don't have it written down, but that's okay. Bodog, that's where we bet. You'll have to follow the show notes to get that link in the description. They'll match up to $200 for your account. And then Rowback. I don't know if you have any Rowback uh, clothes parts, do you? I don't. I need some, though. Okay. I hear nothing but good things. Yeah, so if you're a golfer, you've obviously heard of Rollback. They're, they're a clothing company that I have a few pieces of, uh, a few articles of clothing. Super good quality, unbelievable patterns, awesome guys there. They do a great job with their social media content. Uh, you can get 15% off your order at Rollback following the link in the show notes as well. So I include those for you guys. Try your best to, or if you plan on purchasing something, make sure you throw in our, our little promo code and I'll save you 15%. So us Canadians, when that dollar's struggling a little bit, helps you out. Yeah. And you won't regret Rollback's that. that gear where someone sees it and they're like, oh, you know your stuff. Like, that's good stuff. Like, yeah. You wear Rollback. I, I would agree with that. And like, yeah. I might throw people curveballs because maybe sometimes I don't know my stuff, but I wear it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're like, this guy's going to stripe one off the first tee. And then it goes left in a hurry. But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Number one at Fort Williams, a bit of a quirky hole, but it is. It's like number eighteen at. Uh, oh, Ian <laughs> Poulter, also the worst pants in the world on right now. Today, yeah. Uh, sometimes he does that, eh? Yeah. If you're gonna wear really loud pants, I think you have to couple it with a white shirt. You have to go as standard as possible. Neutral, yeah. So he's bl- he's black kicks, black shirt, black hat, and like uh, your grandma's coffee, uh, Chesterfield couch, pants on. Oh. Uh, they're bad. Who shot the couch pants? And, yeah, and he ju- mm. and he just uh, he just hit in the hazard on seventeen too. So that might be a little pant karma. The pressure. Yeah, the golf gods know. They know style. Yeah, uh, a little bit a little bit loud at times. Uh, okay, anything else to wrap up the show here? The one thing I noted was to shout out Brooke Henderson, who all she does is finish in the top ten. She has one top one eleventh, but her last five mm. events. Second, sixth, eleventh, sixth, fourth, and she's now ninth in the world golf rankings. So, she just continues to be there. She hasn't won um, this year, obviously, but 
need like, to get need to get that putting uh, putter in the hands of John White. That's world it. number one in no time. Yeah, she needs a, a quick lesson with Whitey, and and those would be a first, a first, a first, a first, and a first. Yeah. So, pretty cool to see. I, um, sorry about the women's game. I know, uh, like this time of year, it's not really well documented on the Golf Channel. Like, uh, no, I know it's too bad. Uh, next week, I believe, is a major championship. Unfortunately, Jessica Corda battling a bit of like blood clotting. Yeah, Am I, I read that. Say that. Nope. Yeah, um, she had that. Yeah, so she's not in the field, but we will definitely do our best to recap the women's game. I love women's golf. Like the NCAA Women's Championships. Oh, sign me up for that. Women's Augusta National. We'll get into that a little bit the in amateur, podcast yeah. to go. We need to do a better job of covering other tours. I know PGA Tour is the one everyone knows the most, but we, I mean, well, I just talk about what I like on here, and uh, that's something that I'll be bringing up quite often. It's just... You have to understand it's a ton of research, and when schedules are busy, uh, sometimes it locks up, but I promise I'll do a better job of bringing up the women's game, as well as NCAA, as well as Corn Ferry Tour once that season's in full swing. Um, yeah. And uh, we need to do a better job on the DP Tour as well, uh, yeah. because we do have uh, quite a few alumni uh, on the SRP that are playing in those there. fields over there. So we need to keep tabs on those guys. Uh, totally. But Brooke Henderson, second in money this year so far. When I saw that, I'm like, holy Holy shit, yeah. like, where did that come from? And then I looked at her results. And like, <laughs> Holy. Yeah. Um, and it, wh- what was, what's the tournament they played either early January, or I forget when it was exactly, on the LPGA, where the celebrities play, too? Yeah, I maybe think... You uh, got, maybe you guys talked about it. I'm not sure. But I did bring up the music on the 17th tee-off box at Par 3, yeah. and then I always bring up uh, John Schmoltz with the... What's that putter called? The SK7, oh, the standalone yeah. putter. Stand he plays putter. in that event every year, and it just kills <laughs> yeah. me. But um, I forget who won the celebrity uh, portion of it, but he's like a plus one or a plus two handicap. And they played the same tees as the LPGA, and the winner in the LPGA beat this guy by like 20-some-odd strokes. Everyone let that sink in for a second. Parts, can you repeat that one more time? I absolutely can, and I'll I can find the I'll find the numbers for next week if uh, if I'm invited back on and there's a seat that needs filling. So, it wasn't uh, Marty Fish, but he was right up there. Yeah. One of the celebrities, the one I think who ended up winning the tournament, the celebrity tournament, was is a plus handicap, scratch plus one, maybe a plus two. They played the exact same tees as the, the the LPGA played that week and lost by, I'm pretty sure it was like 20. He was like plus five or plus six, and maybe it was even more than that. And the winners, I think, uh, Kang, did Kang win that, that week? Yeah. Okay, so I think Danielle Kang won that week. Are you talking about Derek Lowe? Derek Lowe, yeah, the yeah. former, the former uh, pitcher. Yeah, I, and you know what? I did try and Google that, but I actually had no idea what to type in. That's why I muted my mic there. I didn't want my <laughs> keyboard gall- yeah, galloping you, away. You um, probably just heard my keys. Yeah. Um, but uh, but like yeah, let that like the women's game is so strong. The way like I mean, we heard Jeff Ogilvy talk about it. We heard guys like the European tours doing that double event where like they play at different tee boxes, but it's calculated on how they get their yardages and they play for the the same prize purse. PGA and LPGA Tour should do this at least once a year. I don't care if you put it in the fall. I don't care if it's right in major season. Um, this has the ability to grow the women's game. And, like, I mean, to me, 
depending on how the course is playing as far as firmness goes, because that's the big difference is like launch and spin uh, into green so you can hold the greens. Um, I would not be surprised at all if the LPGA Tour was covered in that leaderboard. They have so much. It, it, it's it's always hard to put it into perspective because they don't always play the same courses as the PGA Tour, and if they did, they would be playing different tees. Um, but anybody listening to this right now, they would beat you <laughs> by a long eight shot. and six, like Maverick McNeely over Joaquin the Neem the Dream Neiman. Who's going to recover be, this week? Who's going to win his next two matches? That's it. Yeah, for sure. Book it. Yeah. Um, they would beat your brains in in a match. Yeah. And, and have fun doing it, too, they would. Oh, I know. Uh, I have a huge appreciation for the women's game, and we will, like I said, we will cover that going forward a little bit, keep everyone involved. Obviously, we're Brooke Henderson fans. That's going to be, it's going to be very biased going forward. Um, but we do have some good young Canadians coming through the, the mix, too, so it's uh, mm-hmm. something to watch for sure. Some uh, really good ones in the college ranks. Yeah, yeah. Lots mm-hmm. of exciting things going on in, in Canadian golf. So Okay. Well, that wraps things up for me, Parts. What about you? Wraps it up. Okay. I'm trying to remember what Colin says. Like, share, subscribe. Helps us out big time. Helps us grow the podcast. And uh, until then, we'll be back next week where I'll host my trophy as Victor Hovland pick to totally redeem myself. Signing off for now. Keep swimming. Hotter than a fantasy. Lonely like a highway She's living in a world and it's on fire Filled with catastrophe But she knows she can fly away